1: Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrull. I'm a former Royal Marines commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-shirt podcast. So, Steve, hello and welcome to the Bought. The T-Shirt Podcast. Hello, buddy. How are you doing? Yes. <laughs> every every day is an interesting one, hey. Every day it is a school day. Yeah. So thanks ever so much for coming on, Steve. I'm um, just really in awe of what what it is you've you've created there on Facebook with Op Spartan, and obviously we'll come on and and talk about that. Do you want to just tell? our listeners or viewers a bit about yourself yeah um so my name's steve burns spent uh joined the royal marines at the age of 16 and then uh then moved on to the sbs had an amazing career uh, about 15 years left 2012 after a busy time um left in 2012 with a bit of a cloud over my head if i uh if i'm honest had my own personal struggles Lots of, uh, lots of things in the pot. Um, but essentially came on the other side a much better person for the struggles. And, um, and that's what's led me to where I am now. And like you, he, like you he just touched on there, upspotting. Um, essentially upspotting as it is at the minute is a veteran and uniformed services community, closed group on Facebook. Um, but this is kind of the, just the first stage of what we're trying to do in the background. We're developing our own platform. Yeah. How, if I, if I may be so kind of migrate to which will have a lot more. So, um, you said you left under a bit of a cloud. I, I, I kind of left the Marines that way in, in sort of one respect. Can you tell us more about that or is it not something you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to share it because, um, because I think a lot of people could probably relate and, um, and probably there would be a little bit of value to, to what. What I went through, you know, other people can rather, well and go through the, the, the same route I went, they can maybe just cut out the middle, the middle ground and go straight to where I am now. Um, so yeah, um, 2000 and, um, right about 2010, I was awarded the uh, Military Cross for Afghanistan. Um, and, and the reason I mention that is because it was actually the catalyst to my downturn. Um, I went through a lot of stuff and basically I ran out of I ran out of road. Um I, I didn't have a goal to kind of um to keep focusing on. I kind of kinda of, I remember thinking to myself, I'm twenty seven years old and I've pretty much achieved what I perceived at the time as the pinnacle of what I wanted to do and um where do I go from there? Um I got into I was heavily drinking, I was I was just basically just pulled the pin, went into self destruct, got into a relationship that was um that was with a perfect partner that would help me self destruct, and, um, and there's no blame there because because actually I was um, I was in the same kind of vibrations to attract that. You know, what I mean, we were kind of we were on the same same the same level. Um, so I seen a, a charity called Rocks Recovery in a lot of um, a lot of the the, ser- the the sessions that I was doing went back to my childhood, and then um, and it, it's important to. To highlight that, up until this point, I didn't think I was carrying anything. There was anything wrong with me. There was any problem much out. Um I just went through my military career and then always trying to excel and push myself with boundaries. Um, so, when they were doing this kind of these sessions with me, it was totally kind of new to me. And at the time, I remember thinking, "This is absolutely crazy stuff. Like they're doing this stuff doesn't work." And kind of um, really didn't. I was very narrow-minded. Um, so they're doing all this kind of stuff and um and go back to my childhood and and what I came on the other side is realizing how much my childhood had an impact on me as a person. Yeah, of course. So um so yeah, so rocks recovery was great and then I kinda started getting myself back on my feet. I went from being homeless, diagnosed with a personality disorder, told I would never be able to work securely again. Um, potentially not having my kids um I was living on the street i remember i spent six months living in my car um and then, and i was self harming i tried i tried to, uh, i took an overdose a couple of times and i was really i just went from where you know i went from top top of the the, the career ladder for my rank and my peer group to kind of left the military left everything I knew to then losing everything that i possibly could well, um, um, Steve? When did you join up and what rank did you get to?
0: I joined in 98
1: age, um just straight from school. And um, I left 2012. Um, I was a corporal down in Pool. Okay. So I guess for people listening, the SBS or the, is it Special Boat Service or Squadron? I Special Boat Service. It is, yeah. It used to be Squadron though, didn't it? And I think they changed it to be it's in line right? with the SAS. I'm, I'm, I might have got that wrong. Yeah, um, I should probably know that. But yeah, they definitely did. I just don't know what time, but I think it would have been in line with the just their growth. Wow. It's, I mean, it fascinates me because, um, well, perhaps i just tell people a little bit about myself, the people that are watching this, maybe coming from your page, but um, wondering how I fit into all of this. Because it's, it's interesting you mentioned um, the SBS. I left the corps in uh, ninety five, so quite some time ago now. I went to Hong. I left because I'd started a business which got really successful in Hong Kong, and within let's just say six months of being in Hong Kong, um, I this business that was turning over quite a lot of money when i went out there it suddenly fizzled away to nothing yeah. i became chronically addicted to crystal meth um to me i mean i won't bore you but i've written a couple of bu- books if anyone this is not a shameless plug by the way folks because as, as you might have heard me say us authors we don't make money from these things but if that if it can help anyone that was my first book eating smoke and i just described taking crystal meth as the key in the lock for me i i felt so freaking awesome and i'm guessing that that subconsciously um i probably felt a bit maybe normal for the first time in my life you know yeah which is obviously the the dangerous thing with addiction or and i entered what's called clinical psychosis basically had a form of schizophrenia for well i lived in and out of schizophrenia for six months and of course when you initially become mentally unwell you don't know what's happening to you so you don't recognize all of you 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 think you're normal when it's everyone else has got the problem right so um I subsequently wrote a book, Forty Nights, which is probably more interesting for anybody who's having struggles or who wants to learn more about the veterans experience. This is how I spent uh about two years in Plymouth. I'd come back from Hong Kong. And it took me those two years to really get my life back on track. I mean, I lost, I, I don't use like to use terms like lost or rock bottom. Because I think, like yourself, I see it all as the journey. Um, I've got such a wonderful girlfriend and, and a little four year old boy now that to think that if my life had been any different back then, I, I wouldn't have them now is, yeah. you know, that, that's worth going through everything that I've experienced. I think that's important um, to get across. And I sometimes feel a bit awkward seeing it. You know, there is people who will be in very dark places. And- them hearing that might, they might might be able to get this back up, but I really kind of believe that I wouldn't change the thing that I went through because it made me who I am. And to take one even one step that way would mean I wouldn't be where I'm at. So yeah, a good message to get out there. And also, I mean, not wishing to blow my trumpet, but I I believe in just talking the truth, Steve. You know, and then people can make of it what you know what they want. But I always think if you just hold back or you try to, you know, put things too politically correctly so you're not going to upset people, it, it's um yeah. you know, you're denying them the chance of, of making sense of their own life, right? So like I say, not wishing to blow my trumpet, but off the back of my addiction, uh, what society would view as losing everything, um, I went on to achieve every single goal that i ever had um i've traveled all seven continents i'm i've backpacked through like 80 countries i've written best-selling book i became a pilot. you know i've got my pilot's license skydiving license um university graduate uh antarctic explorer I won't go on, and like I say, I'm not saying this trying to try to impress. I'm trying to say it that when people go, "Oh well, you sorted your shit out now," it's like, well, actually, like I've kind of like achieved everything that I ever wanted to do. And, and have have you done that? You know, I don't mean that mean that to sound uh, derogatory. I just mean that society has a very poor way of constructing mental health experiences. Uh, yeah. I hope people listening to this that are maybe in the dark place at the moment, you know, can just take from that, 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 um, you know, problems are only ever temporary and they are the experiences to, to to learn by like any other, any other in life. And I also think if you just have the easy life, Steve, where's the learning in that, you know? Yeah. And no one, no one, um, no one wants to hear the glory of the person who had everything given to them and everything was easy, did they? Right. So that, and that's what life's about. It's about um, overcoming, overcoming obstacles and tough times, and kind of and getting back up, dusting yourself down. And, um, and I think that's the, the kind of the key to having them um, coming out. Yeah. I think you know, like upstart, we um, we're trying to keep the whole message and. You- You've seen how people are commenting, how it's different to other veteran groups. And we actually spend, I spend 18 hours of my day kind of on that, making sure I'm interacting with people, making sure people are okay. And um, and actually, I spend a lot of time trying to keep people facing forward. You know, there's a lot of people who just want to turn it into another group and post the usual kind of stuff and kind of doom and gloom. And I was like, look, you need to start of telling a different story. If you keep telling the same story, you'll just kind of regurgitate that same cycle. So it's about getting people to say, right, let's, let's just focus on the positives. And they might not have many, but let's try and focus on that and then build the positive momentum. And then before you know it, you're kind of looking forward and then we're kind of taking step by step. And that's the kind of whole ethos of the group. And that's what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. I I completely get you there. I think it's almost. you almost kind of feel for people. I've seen some sort of comments on the page and it's they're not going to be helpful for that individual to develop. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like you say, it's just repeating. I mean, I've seen people with, uh, let's say, different opinions yeah. on, for example, the military, what the military does. And... I know how i kind of you know i have my own sort of feeling on that now i think i'm fortunate that because i left such a long time ago and because i've always been committed to sort of educating myself it's just been a driving force within me i always say you know you get one life and if you live it right one is enough right and off the back of that it's it's been just a massive learning curve for me it's why i've done so much travelling it's why i constantly read or constantly you know search out the documentaries this kind of thing yeah. um and yeah it's 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 interesting i mean i don't know if what i'm if i'm trying to say that sometimes you you want more for people you want them to be like further ahead you know i it, in in their education but i guess everything comes everything comes to all of us doesn't it At the sort of well, yeah just like, like we touched on before Yeah, you know, we wouldn't take any of the steps away from us so it's kind of um yeah obviously we, we prefer that nobody's a dark place but as long as we kind of have um trust in human nature and trust in them they've they, got they the over tools that they need to can get out of it you know i think um we must have had something like ninety thousand interactions already on the group. In three weeks. And generally, ninety nine percent of them have been positive, uplifting. Has been people rallying around each other, and I think people sharing a story. Although sometimes, it, obviously, it, it gets you right in the chest. I think that's a good thing because if they're able to to explain how they've got to where they are. But then again, it's about seeing right make, getting that off the chest, and then seeing like right, now I'm, I'm this is where I am and I'm focused focused on the future yeah isn't it surprising it the, the way i feel when i read those stories for people listening when when people join um steve's op spartan page they very often introduce themselves it's not a requirement but they they very often feel well it's a combination some people are obviously offloading. some people are kind of testing the water because i don't think they have you know they let a lot of people know this in, in the past. There's, I mean, I organize a Royal Marines reunion every year here in Plymouth. And it's funny how you have, uh, you know, you have an impression of some, one of your oppos, one of your friends, just such a, such a great guy. And then I see him on your page and they've had a horrendous yeah. story. You know to come to come through and yeah, quite they're quite deep, aren't they? Some of those stories exactly it's, um, it's blown me away i mean I don't, I don't know it's not something I set out on doing is to trying to get people to, to to share like they have been, but um wow i mean it, it, it the impact it's had it's just been phenomenal, and um pretty much getting daily messages of um and it, it's quite feel a bit chad taking like give me credit for it because actually I just set a group up and made everyone else has bought into it and it's them that have made it what it is. Yeah. It's um I mean you do an amazing job, you know, I see the way you kind of caretake around people and always a nice reply and a welcome for people and a thank you for sharing and I see Sam is involved. Sam's a very old uh, yeah. very, very old friend of mine Uh, guys and it's amazing to see so many people now kind of on this educational journey and the reason why i'm so happy about that is is it's i know how much i've got um from 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 this whole kind of experience this from my experience but what i see is my experience is very similar to you know quite so many others. In fact, yeah. isn't it amazing how many veterans seem to have this troubled childhood? Well, I think um, it is, but at the same time, I don't think, um, once you look into it, a bit, I think it it then becomes quite an obvious thing because if you look at, I'm going to be wrong, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I joined at 16 it was the best thing I did. But, do you think the campaigns are kind of geared towards that maybe that person who's a little bit wants to become something bigger than themselves, you know, 99.99% need not apply be the best. Um, and then with the latest of the, the TA, do something worthwhile with at least 19 days of your life. Mm-hmm. As in, the rest of it, it is just going to be dog toffee. So I think, I think there is a little element where they play on that. But, it gives people a route out. But then I think maybe there's some there's something that needs to be put in place where it's like, okay, we understand that we're, where we're recruiting from, we're kind of happy to use that to for a job, for a purpose. But Then maybe we need to have something in place further back down the line before we come to leaving, before we've been on ops. So it's kind of um, it's already in place and it's already been talked about. But maybe that's maybe that's where the education now comes in, and this has been highlighted. And then okay, well let's do some. Something in and in, in actually the back to our platform. I'd like it to become something that starts with you in crew training week one day one. Everyone's got a smartphone. Why can't you have this kind of twenty four seven support? You phone grows with you through your career as you transition outside. So the things like when you leave, you kind of you know you know what it's like when you when you're in the call. You can cons- it consumes you. You are a boot neck. Yeah, twenty four seven. So your identity, your structure, your purpose—they're all taken up. And then when you come to leave, you walk out that door, and it's like, "I'm not—I'm not that person anymore. I don't do that anymore. What's my purpose?" Yeah. So, so that's what I want to try and help with. I've been doing a lot of thinking on the whole kind of let's call it the PTSD situation, right? Or maybe in general, the troubles that military personnel face yeah when they go into to service street, and your page is kind of um, almost not not confirmed because I don't think anyone fits one mould, right? We're all you know, we've all got individual stories, but I think you, I think very often you're getting a scenario where you've got a damaged young man or woman they're they're joining say the core because they want to prove themselves to family and friends um they then get this lifestyle which as well as the extreme toughness which you well you know even more even more than me steve you know but you also get this um very protected environment don't you with your, your bills are taken care of your health's taken care of as so, so long as you turn up in the morning and you know how to shave, you can spend twenty, twenty-five years in the Marines. No, no problem, right? Yeah, you kind of wrapped up in cotton wool to a certain extent. You? But then, when you come out the other side and you're in sibby Street, and it's a bit of a shocker, or certain elements of it, are, are, well, it involves change, and change is always going to. Scare people in general, isn't it? We don't kind of like change. And then once you start relying on alcohol as a crutch to, to, as a coping mechanism to, to, um, get over these stresses. And then suddenly you've got a, a situation where your family are like, Chris, you're too much, you know, you've got to go and spend some time away and this kind of thing. You can start to see how. This, this is a journey from childhood, isn't it? That's shared by, I mean, you always think of PTSD as, as kind of like the Rambo scenario where he's, he's been in Vietnam, he's been tortured, you know, yeah. seen horrific things and it's damaged him. But yeah. what, what I would like to see more, um, research into and more, more of a focus on is how do our life stories from childhood end up creating a character that is susceptible to this trauma and this upset in their lives does that does that make sense yeah it does and i, I um I did some research a while back and I came across some um some links in it in the, the government the government did some research in PTSD and I think it was um I think it's quite commonly known that um people with um maybe let's say not so steady foundations from childhood or prone to suffer more with PTSD. So it's almost like you kind of, you've got these shaky foundations that you manage to survive on through your life. And then as soon as something happens, like an incident that like will trigger PTSD, then you kind of, they start to crumble. So the PTSD, the incident is then, is multiplied. It's like the incident acts as a catalyst, isn't it? Yeah catalyst and then things start to fall apart or not not make sense, yeah. I mean for me it was um you know I still don't know what I, I class my um stuff I sure but for me it was more a case that I wanted I I wanted to go away on arts and that's all I ever wanted to do. And then when I got into down the pool and the, the tempo was high and it was kind of back to back toes, then I was like it was when I came home, I didn't want to be home. Like, get me back out there. I want to keep doing that. I want to keep doing my job. Um, and that's when I kind of, uh, I remember, um, I mentioned it before to people that like, I came home and we got eight weeks off. I was like, I'm a young lad. I do not need eight weeks off. I was, I was, um, I was going to ring the song major. I was, I was thinking about going in and seeing the padre really, to tell him you need to get me back out on ops. <laughs> you know, that's not, um, that's not a healthy place to be in the mindset, but that's how I was. But that, that comes from me seeking. I loved it. I loved doing what I like. I loved being in the Marines. I loved the service. Um, but I think there was an element of seeking external validation. And yeah. once you were doing it, and getting it. Was that then when you come home, I Well, how are you going to get that again? Yeah. Well, it's like Sebastian Young. Is it Sebastian Younger who wrote the book Tribe and he made the documentary? I might be getting my wires crossed. Was it called Restrepo? About, it was about the US Marines outpost in Afghanistan, or it might have been the army. Um, and he poses this question. He does a TED talk. And he says, you know, what is it? What is it that make young men want to go to war? Because he knew so many that came back to civilian life, and it's like they just wanted to be back in Afghanistan again. which to to, to some to to the uninitiated, uh, that might sound like a crazy. Mm-hmm. you know, you've got you getting your friends killed every day. Why would you want that? But I think what um, Sebastian Younger was hitting upon is you've got this certain set of rules, you know, as long as you abide by them, you're going to be okay. You've got your comrades around you 24-7, your, fa- your family. Um, and, of course, you've got the excitement of a kind of, almost like a no-holds-barred, Theatre of war, isn't it? You know, it's um it's 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 like all your cowboy and Indian games that you played as a kid, uh they're, yeah. they're actually they're actually for you know, for real. So Yeah. How long how long yeah. have you been out now, Steve? Um seven years. Seven years, okay. Um and uh, yeah, interesting question, wasn't it? Someone post posted about civvies. And there was a real, there was a real good back and forth. And, um, um, yeah. Off the back of it, I've kind of like made a couple of contacts. I hope they'll come on the, well, they are going to come on the podcast, you know. Oh, good. Because I I just love, I, I like people that can think outside the box, you know. It's, um, I think because it reaffirms what I've learned over the years. Um, in the same way, I like seeing stuff on, on the pages that where someone sums up, say the, you know, how to get out of the black hole or whatever it is. And you're like, yes, yes, that is exactly what I learned. So let's just talk. Um, two things I want to end Stephen, if we may just talking a bit about your SB prayer, because. Uh, I would find that fascinating. When I wrote um, 40 Nights and I was explaining where I got to this point in the Marines where I felt like I'd done everything, you know, I'd sampled, I'd been to Norway, I'd been in Northern Ireland, which was our kind of, you know, flavour of combat back then or active service. Um, I was on ship for a year, which was uh, just amazing. and. Um when my business came along it it because I started it part time in the Marines, it was it felt like the right time to leave, you know? Yeah. But when I wrote when I wrote Forty Nights uh, and I look back on my time, especially now I've been watching a lot of this SAS Who Dares Wins and, and Ant Middleton, we we've had a few kind of exchanges on on, on social media and stuff, and he's he supported me when I uh, around the length of the UK, and I—it's like I kind of get it now more than I did back then. Yeah. When when I was eighteen, nineteen, I, I was—I wasn't even ten stone. I think when I joined up, swimming was just not. I mean, I was the last. I was in the last three people to pass my swimming test at Limpston, um, and so I never really considered a, a career in the special forces because I I just wouldn't have been good enough for it, you know? Um, yeah. So, but I do say in my book, you know, the two things I would love to have done in, in the core was, would have been to go to the jungle, um, which I, I've now done subsequently in life, right? I've spent, had a few trips to the Amazon and stuff, which has been great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, can you, can we just talk a bit about, a bit about that? Is it, it, how how hard is selection, for example, compared to what us nods, us recruits went through at Limston? Um, I think I'd say that anybody that, can, that passed at Limston be able to, has the ability to pass selection. In fact, anybody can pass selection. I'm a big believer in that. Um, I think it was... It was equally hard, but for different reasons. So in the Marines, you kind of found that. I mean, I was 16, so it was hard anyways um, at that age. But I enjoyed it. I think the, the hard bit was the intimidation. The training team are a lot different. You know, it's like kind of appears to be a winner and all the thrashes you get. They're very good at motivating you. And you almost do, you, you obviously want to do well. Or you want to pass, but, but there's a lot of fear. Isn't it? You don't yeah. want to get on the wrong side of the training team. Yeah. Where and also there's the um, the added motivation. I mean, didn't, I never really considered that I was going to fail. Um, but I imagine there was guys that were older than me that were um, they probably had jobs outside. They give it all up to join the Marines, and then there was the benefit, the kind of extra motivation of that. If I don't pass, I've got to find a job. Yeah, you know, That's, I think that's a big motivation thing. Um, whereas when you go on selection, if you come off selection, there's no big change. Mm-hmm. You're going to go back to your unit and you kind of, you know, you to go back to where you were. There's not, apart from obviously not passing the course, there's not like a massive change in life. <laughs> and, um, in itself, motivation, there's nobody barking at you. There's no one saying you better be here by this time. In fact, I think. I think the training team, with DS, quite um you probably get quite a lot out of kind of oh he's not turning up, you know it's kind of um, it, and they don't really um it's self motivation and they don't really want you to pass in a way, right? Because um obviously if it's the tougher it is the better the better we look don't we? Yeah, but um but yeah I say um self motivation and also it's the um I think. With selection, is the fear of the unknown as well. You never, you never know what's really coming. I mean, yeah, now you kind of get guys who go and prep for the hills. And, um, but past that, you don't really know what you're getting into. Um, and I think it's that, I think a lot of people beat themselves in their own mind before the events even happened. You see loads of lads, like us say, prep for the hills. So they've got that done. Their mind's already set for that. But they've then not thought, well, what's coming next? Yeah. And that's when everyone, that's when you see it, like, people drop like flies. Wow. Uh, so it's different. It's different. But I definitely think, um, once I passed, it wasn't like, a, um, it was almost like, a, um, anti-climax. It wasn't a big kind of celebration. You passed the Marines. Yes, I've done it. King's squad. Um, it was almost just like, all right. I know now what? Where am I going now? Yeah. Of course. What's, what's the next job? And, um, no, I that's think that sums it up really. And then, um, kind of leading on from that, I joined, joined my squadron straight on, on so, tour. Um, and, and I had a really, um, had a really great operational time. You know, it was busy. It was everything that I wanted to do. And like you were saying about the Marines, you kind of tick all the boxes and it's like, well, what am I going to do? And for me it was, it was either leave or selection. Um, and, um, you I think it's important to kind of, it wasn't like the operational tempo. It wasn't about um, it wasn't about being all kind of um, gung ho or anything like that. It was uh, the way I kind of equate it now. is like if you're a professional athlete play for a sports team at the top of top of the game, you want to test yourself. You don't want to just train there. You, you want to yeah. test yourself being in the Champions League final. You want to. That's what we're there to do. Yeah. So that's what it was more about, and you know, um, yeah yeah, I had a really good career from there. Um, How did you find the, the swimming and the diving side of things? I have. Um, I I had grommets in my ears when I was a kid, so my eardrums were like tracing paper. So actually, I didn't um, didn't end up didn't I didn't complete the dive course. Nice. And, and to be fair, it's very. I mean, there is there is a need for it, but it's very little. With the kind of current operational. Yeah. Temp- that's fascinating. I had no idea. I thought that was kind of the, you know, the main thrust of SB was the diving. But oh I was, no, I, I guess in this day and age, you know, the the opera the theater war has changed, and yeah, not much need for diving in the desert, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's um, there's a remit to cover. You know, obviously it's covered very well, but um, the focus is definitely elsewhere. You know, it's the current climates. And what do you do now, Steve, when you're not, you know, supporting veterans on Facebook and doing podcasts? So I um I set up a company a couple of years ago, um, based on what I learned about my childhood and how it affected me. Um so I um set up a company called Wheel, which stands for World in Our Hands. Um and it, as it is, it's an app at the minute and essentially it's like a fitness tracker. But instead of setting fitness goals it's about setting goals to spend quality time with your, with your family. Wow. Um, that's the upside of it, and we're now developing kind of um, positive mindset workshops that we want to deliver to youth and also to the kind of wider community, just to show that um, I'm a big believer that you can, if you believe in yourself and put your mind to it, you can achieve whatever you want. And I think that that message needs to be needs to be passed around into every corner of society because I think there's a lot of kids that are grown up without good self-esteem. No, I need to troubles it Yeah, I hope um Yeah, it's funny it's funny that I mean I, I, as I mentioned last year, yeah, you know, I ran a thousand miles non stop, right? Decided to run an ultra marathon every day, carrying all, all my camping equipment, so that was fourteen ki- kilos, right? So and this year I I I came last in an Olympic triathlon and so I decided eight weeks later to do a quadruple Ironman and I was literally running three and four milers. That was it. I made sure I could swim enough that I wasn't going to drown, right? So it's a 9.6 mile swim, 450 mile bike and the run was supposed to be a hundred miles but I went the wrong way so many times. It was 108 miles, right? in a blistering hot sun, but it's, I feel a bit of a fraud because I I'm writing my book about the run actually at the minute. And I've, I've come up with these, I don't want to call them like rules, but they're kind of guides. There's about 30 things that I do in my life just to stay happy and to achieve you know, and to keep achieving you know i'm not, it's not like I've got to achieve massive things, but we only get one life right, and I just want i just I love to keep busy, right, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, I almost feel a bit of a fraud because people seem to think these extreme challenges are are almost like superhuman, right, yeah, but I just was saying, well, you know can you get on a plane to John O'Groats? Yep. Yeah. Do you know how to put like one foot in front of the other? Yep. Yeah. Can you put a tent up or could you learn? Yep. Yeah. Well, you've got all the skills, you know, I did my John O'Groats run after being disabled for two and a half years. I had a uh, popped a disc in my spine and um, I was laid up for, it was a, it was a well, I mean, I mean, I still got problems now, but I was, I had spinal surgery, you know, open them in surgery to cut, to cut the problem out. And so I can do any running at all. So it wasn't even like I trained for it. I just, it. maybe I use the commando mindset, you know? Yeah. But I just like to get across to people that know, you know, one of, one of, one of my kind of like things I say here is, um. Yeah. You know, run around the block. Everything I've ever done, including joining the Marines, starts with walking or running like a quarter of a mile just just to get my endorphins working and get me, you know, get me in that mood. Um yeah. Buy the ticket. That just means I put my money before myself. So for John O'Groat's, like I bought the air ticket. It's like I'm booked on that plane, right? I've I've got to get. I've got to, I've got to go now and. Um, so yeah, not sure how we kind of dig, digress to, to John O'Groats, but I certainly feel that I've kind of, I've got like my portfolio of things that keep me on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important for people to realize you still have dips every now and again, or you still have challenges but you're much better equipped to deal with them and to get yourself before you enter that black dark phase yeah. which is just awful you can you can sort of keep yourself out of it would, would you say yeah. that's your experience yeah definitely i think um i didn't know who i was i didn't know anything about my own potential which sounds strange because i had achieved a lot but actually outside of uniform I, I felt like i was a nobody um so I, for me, I learned who I was. I learned my true potential. I learned, um, I learned why I got to the place I got both up and down. And then the kind of question I said was, how can I be so good at work? yet yeah, Outside of it, be so rubbish. And then, um, kind of worked my own little strategies out. But I think self-development is the key. Yeah. You know people talk about being in a rock. Well, if you're not like, it sounds Chad, but anything in nature, like if it's not growing, that that goes for you so self-development you know we kind of go through this we're conditioned the society to get to a point where you've got that 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 beautiful family home you've got the car you've got the job you've got the family and then it's like well well, then what like people that's no one says well after that maybe you should do this and do this well you should always be trying to develop yourself in some way whether it's reading a book meditating fitness just something and it you kind of um you're setting goals. Just keeping that forward momentum so you don't get in the rut. I think the big thing for me is um is I um I think I know enough about my my potential now that I don't think I'll ever get into that dark place again because no. I'm um, I'm so am so confident in my own ability. Don't get me wrong, there's days when I as a single parent, there's days when I've really tried myself to sleep. But I accept that as part of life. You're allowed to have bad days. It's accepting it. You don't fight it because you fight it. You give it energy and friction. Accept it and you move on. Brilliant. You want them bad days in a way because it's the bad days that allow you to, to, to grow and then say, right, well, there's something not right here. I need to change a little bit. Tap, you know, which, which direction I've gone in. And it's that kind of, in a guidance system that says there's something not right. You can change it. You've got the ability to change it. Yeah. It's kind of funny, really, because i i've I'm fascinated learning about the spiritual kind of side of life and the tuning yourself into the universe and I think I said in my post there once you understand we are just really carbon molecules, aren't we you know it's it's when you understand that you you're not really much different to a house brick we've just led been led to believe we are because we we've got this thought and, and you know consciousness which is only it's just molecules like everything else right and when when you take that on board then immediately what you're doing is you're getting rid of your ego aren't you yeah. you know and ego seems to be the main attractor of, of problems yeah. um, you know across the board you know if you're if, if you're depressed it's because you're taking this well I mean there's the many different reasons for depression of course, but you know, it can be that you've kind of taken this thing a bit too serious with you know, you get one chance in life and then you're very quickly gone and then you go back to the um you go back to the earth. I did a video on my YouTube channel about grief. And things to me which are just second nature, it's like if I lose a friend or a loved one, it's um you know, I'm just going to smile for them, Steve, you know, what what you're what seeing more and more these days is this, I don't know if it's just social media, but this kind of, like, you know, a hundred years ago today, my great, 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 great great, great granddad died. And I, I, it's, I just can never get, and it's like, oh, I just wish those people could frame their, frame yeah. it. A bit more positive, you know. Instead, it's kind of creating this idea that that's how you're supposed to be around around yeah. life and uh, life and death, and it, it it doesn't need to be like that, you know. Yeah, As um, I met with um with a with a Burma Star veteran in the last twelve months. Ninety-three year old, ninety-four now actually. He's actually on oxpine. <laughs> um, in I came away thinking, and obviously a lot of the people we serve were pretty much everyone has passed away. I came away thinking, Do you know what? he made such a sacrifice, and all the people have made the sacrifice that I think the best way is to just try and live every day celebrating your life, yeah, it isn't always easy, I know, I'm not saying that. I walk around skipping everywhere, but but I think that's the best way In you might I think it's got to become a kind of switch, yeah, we remember but let's celebrate. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I am I, um, there's a thing now, so like social media where people post hero of the day, and obviously it's a touchy kind of subject, but yeah, we all remember people, we all lost people, friends, close friends, family, and we remember them. If you need to post and it's someone really dear to you, by, by all means, post, but it's almost like somebody just sees something and go Oh, I'm just going to post about it. I'm just going to post and put that out there. Not really thinking of the implications of actually. Well, you might be taking someone back behind them, thinking of something really bad. You know. So yeah, let's remember, let's celebrate, look look towards, and kind of try and live a life that they'd be glad they almost sacrificed their lives. Yeah, so can- exactly. You know, make them proud, isn't it? Because yeah. on, I mean, the first thing on my the first thing on my my life kind of philosophy or psychology whatever you want to call it smile at the morning sun that's it it sounds a bit hippy dippy but you know when i had nothing and i literally woke up skin i was sticking needles in my arm like 12 times a day all my family had gone because they didn't know how to deal with me my friends you know as as some some of us will have found out the people you think your friends very quickly. Desert you in in your time of need, right? you know they just can't handle your impinging on their very carefully st- constructed system, right yeah, so I was there and I was cold I was star I was literally starving. I hadn't eaten for days and days, and um cut a long story short, you know, the sun was smiling through the blinds and and I had like I think nervous breakdown number. Oh, and about number five. I didn't even know what a nervous breakdown was, but I guess when you cry your eyes out as a grown man and you're not you're wondering what the hell has happened to my like what what is what have I done wrong? Um I guess that's a nervous breakdown. And as this sun was sort of shining through the window, and I I sort of came around and I, I stopped feeling miserable for myself, I just felt like it was. It's like the universe reaching out to me and telling me, you know, you're all right, you're okay. Yeah. It's nothing that it's nothing that worth getting upset about. And ever since that day, Steve, I I make it a, a habit. Well, I mean, I don't do it every day. I'm not like obsessive, right? But I make it like a habit to smile at the sun. Yeah. And the reason I'm doing it is, you and I both know a lot of people that aren't here anymore. And they'd love to be in our position with our, you know, our first world problems and stuff, wouldn't they? You know? Yeah. And I do yeah. it. I do it to remind myself that whatever, which, wherever your head might be, this life is still beautiful. And this world is just an incredible place. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, mate, should we end it there? I, you've been absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I me. Mean, yeah. I appreciate you inviting me on no well let's let's pick this up again you know at a later date and see how things are, uh, are progressing do you want to um have you got any social media kind of contacts you want people to know about like you so it's uh, op Spartan on facebook right yeah op Spartan for the kind of veteran uniform services community is that um, is that open to kind of like attached ranks and family and stuff you know we um. Legitimately, they do have a case to be part of it, but actually, I'm I'm trying to think of the guys that are on there that are opening up, and I think maybe at the minute, definitely, there's a case that we just kind of keep it for the veteran community. But what we've done is we set up um, them support families, so that the the families, the loved ones, partners, etc., all have a place that they can go to and maybe a channel, so then they can reach out. And um, and like I said, this isn't um, this is the main effort. Our platform will be ready hopefully very soon and then we will be able to have all these channels and then people will be able to have um a place where they can come and get support and uplift each other and then obviously the parent air families as well. Well, mate, it's all very exciting. If I can help you in any way to do anything, then I'm I'm more than um you know, it'd just be great to work with you. Great guy, Stephen. I can't. I thank you on behalf of the veterans community. You know, it's it? It's almost unbelievable. It's been this long coming that someone's yeah. just thought to have this simple idea that, that and it, it clearly means so much to people. And I think it reminds people they've, they've always got family, no matter you know how they might be feeling. It, it also brings back that Esprit de Corps. You know that that that, that we did. You know i i'm i'm a pacifist now i hate war and i I, i'm pretty kind of dubious of the reasons why why we go to war but that's a that's another story again but i'm still really proud of my time in the service you know and i'm I'm sure everybody is yeah exactly you know we did a very special thing and we really did i mean you know it's it's um particularly marines training you know very Very few people will attempt it and very few people will will get through. So, so yeah, massive congratulations. What I'll do for, for our listeners is I'll put any links you want in the comments on YouTube. Um, so if they want to, if they want to contact you. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on our progress and I look forward to chatting again. Brilliant, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Steve. Take care.